Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the 428th edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and Voice America Business Channel. And this is the first broadcast for the new decade of 2020. And we're looking forward to a fantastic year this year and a great decade. I think the world is, um, apart from the little skirmish in Iran at the moment, the world's getting better and better. And we're broadcasting across the world from our studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California. And this is the place where technology meets entertainment. How many gift cards did you get as gifts this Christmas or Hanukkah? You know, the most desired item on wish, wish lists this past holiday season, it wasn't a pair of AirPods or Nintendo Switch or a Baby Yoda plush toy. For the 13th consecutive year, the present of choice was a gift card. In 2019, Americans purchased an estimated $171 billion worth of gift cards, ranging from $500 prepaid visas to the $25 Cheesecake Factory card. I always get a couple of them. Every year I get a couple of Cheesecake Factory cards. Gift cards are so popular that they account for nearly 55% of the average shopper's entire annual gift budget. And the gift card seems like the ideal gift, and it's a win-win. I hate shopping. I hate it with a passion. And trying to work out what someone will like, going from store to store to try to find it, for me, is a pain in the ass. So... Gift cards are a hassle-free buying experience. For the recipient, it's a cash equivalent that can be used at their convenience on something they really want instead of getting some junk from me. And they don't have to worry about returning a crappy gift. That's a real hassle, returning a gift. But gift cards, well, they're not always ideal. Often they go on unused. You know, I've lost gift cards I forget I have them and I find them two years later. I've let them expire accidentally from time to time. Sometimes I don't use them simply because I don't like the retailer. And very frequently I fail to spend the full amount on the card. So there's only one winner when that happens. The companies that sell the cards. So most people who use who get a gift card use it pretty quickly. Surveys show that more than 70% of all gift cards are redeemed within six months. But then if it's not spent in the first six months, the rate really drops off. And over time, around about 80% of cards are redeemed. So up to 20% of gift card balances remain unredeemed Forever. So these small percentages, it's only 20% or so, but it adds up to big money when you consider that, you know, over the last 10 years, more than $1 trillion has been spent on gift cards. $1 trillion. And between 2005 and 2015, unredeemed gift card balances 
amounted to about $50 billion. And the most recent filings of several large corporations so that these unused gift card liabilities often amount to sizable sums of money. Amazon have got $2.8 billion worth of gift cards unused. Walmart's got $1.9 billion. Starbucks has got $1.6 billion. These are billions of dollars and they're unused gift cards. But after a certain amount of time, typically 6 to 24 months, the law permits these companies to turn these liabilities into what's called breakage income. That's how much they get to keep. So let's say you get a, a Target gift card for $100 and you don't spend it. Target were paid 100 bucks, and they didn't have to give you anything. So they made $100 clear profit. That's 100% clear profit on that gift card. In 2017, five companies banked over $20 million in unredeemed gift cards. Starbucks banked $105 million, which is the equivalent of 57 million cups of coffee. And they put that money in their pocket for nothing. Despite that, retailers claim they make more money when consumers use their cards. Well, you know, you'd expect the retailers to say that, but they say the reason why is that on average, shoppers who use cards spend $59 more than the value of their gift card. So you get a gift card for 100 bucks, you go into the store, you spend 159 so they get some extra money. Shoppers using gift cards are two and a half times more likely to pay full price. So they sit there, they don't go shopping for bargains because they figure they got the money for nothing. 34% say a gift card prompts them to go to a store that they otherwise wouldn't go to. And gift cards are often redeemed in a number of trips. So shoppers return to a store multiple times and therefore they presumably buy other stuff multiple times. But there's now a number of sites where gift cards can be exchanged for cash at anywhere between 60 and 90% of the value of a card. So just in a matter of minutes, a $100 gift card can be converted into $80 cash money. Either way, the gift card givers hard-earned dollars still end up in the pockets of companies that haven't done anything really to earn them. So the uh, retailer gains, the person who gives the gift card loses 20 bucks on that transaction and you get the full amount less 20 bucks in cash for nothing. So it's not a, not a bad deal all around, I suppose. Do you get my daily 30-second read business newsletter? We now have about 1.76, something like that, million daily subscribers. It's a hell of a lot of people, 1.7 million. It takes just 30 seconds or so every day. Well, that's not true because all the, all the newsletters this week take about a minute to a minute and a half to read. And every day we tackle a different subject from advances in medicine. We talk about new apps. We talk about new technologies. Um, we talk about the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas this week. We talk about Hyperloop, autonomous cars, blockchain, 
Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, all that sort of stuff, and new medical advances. So it's um, it's quite comprehensive. Tomorrow's newsletter is about how computer-based machine learning can help doctors read mammograms more accurately. The um, the AI model reads mammograms with far fewer false positives and false negatives than medical experts. So this is great news for both men and women and for medicine in general. And you should know about this stuff. You really should have a broad knowledge of this stuff if you want to be successful in business. And the only place you're going to find it is in the Bob Pritchard newsletter, which is the one information source that you can trust for the latest up-to-the-date business information. Every day, something new. And we're often... I'm not boasting here, but we're often two or three months ahead of news that hits regular media. So by the time you um, see it on the news or read it in the papers, we have already um, run it a month or two before. So to receive it, you simply go to my website, which is bobpritchard.com, and subscribe. Easy. At CES in Las Vegas this week, that's the biggest electronic show in the world, and it's on all this week, everything is going smart. First, it was smart doorbells, which, judging by all the fuss around Ring, maybe not so smart. Um, smart thermostats, it's smart coffee mugs, smart toasters, smart refrigerators, smart toilets. There's a smart technology for your sliding door, smart technology that'll tell you if your plumbing's leaking, smart mirrors that make brushing teeth a game for kids, smart locks for your doors, smart ovens to guide you through a recipe, smart water systems to purify and deliver vitamins to your water supply. Bloody smart everything. But the process of smartification doesn't end there. The latest object to get smart in Las Vegas, let's see, yes, are your shower head. You can talk to your shower head and get it to play music or get it to adjust the strength of the water or get it to adjust the temperature simply by talking to the shower head. And also, you can now analyse your baby's nappy deposit. Can you believe it? Smart poo. (laughs) Good heavens. Now, because every baby's unique and every parent's experience is unique, you go out and you buy books, you know, every kids don't come with a set set of rules or guidelines. So most parents go out and buy books and get on um, YouTube and watch videos and do all sorts of stuff. But Oh, and they go to their mums and they ask their mums how to do it. And, you know, the mums had these kids 25 years ago, presumably. So things have changed and a lot of stuff's totally irrelevant. And no one size fits all when it comes to babies. Every baby's different. So there's no simple guide to parenthood. you just got to figure it out for yourself. So try to figure out what different cries mean. When a baby cries a certain way, what are they trying to tell you? What time, when do you put them down for a nap? 
What do you dress them in to go to sleep? And you worry about all these things. It's just trial and error. And now, apparently, you really need to know what um, different shades of colour of poo means. At CES unveiled last night, P&G, who make Pampers, talked about their latest innovation. It's an all-new platform designed to help parents through the first year of life with their new baby. The mobile app provides you with personalised data about your baby. It analyzes data for your child from the nappy. And uh, the nappy sensor is attached to the Pampers nappies. It analyzes the contents of your baby's nappy and gives you information about your baby and what different data points mean. So now you want to check up on your baby, you get your smartphone and just you get an up-to-date <laughs> report. So you no longer have to go to Google or WebMD or Mumsnet to try and get info about your baby. It's all contained within the Pampers platform, specifically tailored to you. I don't know what the next step in um, smart technology is, but I don't know. can't get much person, more personal than that, can it? I suppose it can. There's a big thing at CES tomorrow about um, sex toys and smart sex toys where you can, I don't know, it's being delivered tomorrow. So next week I'll talk to you about what it's about. My guest after the break is a friend of mine, Will Henshaw. He's the founder and CEO of Focus at Will. And it's a new, it's not that new, but it's relatively new, neuroscience music for work subscription service that's proven, proven to supercharge your productivity up to four times its normal level. So this music is scientifically selected and improves your improves your productivity dramatically. So this is Bob Pritchard and I'll be back with Will in just a moment. favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. 
Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show. Now, over the last six years or more, we've given you insights into the lives of over something like 350 of the world's most interesting people from all walks of life. We've talked about what they do and what it is that, um, hopefully, we try to find out what it is that makes them tick. You know, it's extremely rare to find an extraordinary personality or a unique talent. And it's even more difficult to create a successful business. You know, we know that something like 95% plus of all businesses fail. So one of the keys to programs like this and to um, uh, books and all the guidance uh, programs that you get is to take notice of what other people have done to make them successful. So the aim of this segment is to help you weather the obstacles that Everyone who is successful is going to face at some point along the journey and hopefully help you to become one of the ones that are successful. Today's guest, Will Henschel, is founder and CEO of Focus at Will, a new neuroscience music for work subscription service. That's hard to say. (laughs) A new neuroscience music for work subscription service. It's easier the second time. That is proven to supercharge your productivity up to four times. Now, Will is my hundredth guest from the unbelievable metal group of leaders, which I am very privileged to be a member of. So, um, just from that perspective alone, this is a, a milestone interview. <laughs> like all metal members, Will's had an extraordinary and varied life. Now, he began as a songwriter, music producer and artist, founder of the UK-based pop soul band London Beat. He was signed to Radioactive MCA Records and had two USA number one songs in the early 90s. What I might do, I might actually get Will to show you his wall of fame in a few minutes. Um, So then Will then became a software inventor and was founder of San Francisco-based Rocket Network, which has created technology that networked audio recording studios. They sold the company to Avid in 2003. The digi-delivery media transfer system is part of Pro Tools and is used every day in pro audio production all over the world. Now, another radical departure. In 2003, he became professional photographer, visual artist, and ran a professional photography company in Los Angeles. He then started Focus at Will in late 2009. Another big jump. 
and this is a new neuroscience-based music technology company that delivers productivity and on-demand tools that enhance focus and attention span for working, studying and reading. So, Will's written songs and performed on many platinum hit records. He's got five patents for technology. He created the Pro Tools Digi Delivery Pro Audio tool and he started up five startups in the past 30 years. That, to me, is one hell of a career. And I'm ag- Bob, I'm exhausted just listening to all this. Yeah, I know. I've, it makes me envious. I sit there and think, geez, I've wasted my life. <laughs> These guys are so fucking talented. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Will, yeah. welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. You are being heard all around the world. Well, thank you, Bob. Um, it really, I think I might need to cancel the interview and get uh, get a nap and then call you back. <laughs> I know it's when you're in it, you don't notice it, you know. Yeah, I know. Show, you don't. Before we start, just show us yeah. your wall behind. Oh, you want you want me to? Yeah, show just, my... just have a quick look at the wall. Yeah, this is actually one of the walls. I got a couple. That's one of the walls. And yeah, these are. Um, I don't know if I've got enough cable. Yeah, that's all right. So I was in the band. I was in the band London Beat yep. and uh, was the main writer right. and uh, performer and uh, played on all the records and toured with the band for many years. And uh, the song that people will remember, um, the, the biggest song was called I've Been Thinking About You. Right. Now you look it up on YouTube, you'll see me with a ridiculous haircut from back in the 90s. <laughs> uh, it was the BMI PRS song of the year and um, <clears throat> yeah, number one record all over the world. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I spent 20-odd years as a rock and roll singer, and I had a couple of hit records back in Australia, and uh, um, right. it's, a, it's a great part of your life. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore, but it's a great part of your life. Yeah, so, right. When you're a kid, and you go to school or college or whatever, um, and you're sitting there wondering, what am I going to do with my life? Did you always want to be a musician? Was that How did you get into the music business? Well, you don't want to be a musician. You are a musician. Okay. It's a blessing and a curse. So I can speak this other language called music. Mm-hmm. And um, those of us that can, by the way, about 10% of the population are musicians of some kind. So it's one in 10. Mm. And no wonder, no, no wonder it's so hard to make a dollar. <laughs> yeah, one in 10 are a musician. There's a lot of people, right? Yeah. Um, there's two types of musicians. There's there's people who can sight read and who learn music, who can play classical music, who went to, you know, you here's your guitar lesson, play this piece of music. There's another one which is, you know, you know here's the piano, play the stuff. And then there's people like me and the rest of us that play by ear. So when I used to go to music lessons as a kid and I started lessons at four, right. I remember sitting on the piano and seeing the dots on the page and just not being able to just go, what the, how does that work? Yeah. And then I got a great ear. So I would watch the teacher play, memorize it, come back next week, playing what she played and kind of look at the page, but I had no idea where I was on the page. <laughs> and <clears throat> that is what started me off that I'm a, I play by ear and I'm a composer. I, I can't really play other people's music. I, I just, when I sit on an instrument, I just know what to play. I, I, I'll just jump quickly to an interesting story that, 
I was very blessed later on, as you're saying, uh, with London Beat to, to, to have had notable international success. And one year I got, in 1992, I got a gong. It's up here, actually. You could see it earlier. I was the writer of the year. And I sat next to Paul McCartney during the, during the ceremony. Right. which was fantastic. I mean, I'm sitting next to Paul bloody McCartney, right? right. What can, by the way, what are you going to say to Paul McCartney? Uh, uh, hi, uh, what kind of strings do you use on your bass? But I had a question. My question to him was, Paul, I have heard that you can't read music. Is that true? And he goes, yeah, lad, the dots get in the way of the notes. <laughs> I was like, there you go. Paul McCartney, I wish I'd known this when I was a kid at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So, McCartney yeah. is in the same thing. You, you feel music and you write yeah. it and you, you, you don't have a, a trained background. So, I've always been a musician and it's a blessing and a curse. How long did you go to music lessons for? Um, well, on, on and off until I left high school. Right. Um, but I, I, was, uh, I was lucky. I, I found a couple of people who, who were also interested in composition and, and uh, improvisation. And then I realized that, yeah, you need to have an understanding of the framework of music, the circle of fifths and the way that sure. chords go together. Um, but if you actually study it, too much and you get too involved in the technique you become a dry player you you actually stop playing with soul yeah and you, you start understand. being technical yeah and uh in the 80s i moved to uh, new york i'm you can tell by my accent i'm originally british and in the 80s i moved to new york city and i played bass on a bunch of but i was a sort of a session bass player uh, sure. music producer in, yeah. in the 80s and i played bass in the uk on a number of uh, you know, new age kind of punky uh, band records. And when I went to New York, all of the players there were really technically competent. Mm. They were really good players. And because I wasn't a very good player, people would say, dude, you just have such an English style. I'm like, well, I, I, how do you do that? That little trilly, that, that, you know. And then I realized, oh, the secret is vibe. Right. You know, you're a rock guy. You want yeah. a bass player who plays one note on time <laughs> and so that's what i learned it's all about it's all about a vision it's all about knowing what you're trying to do feel, feel. Um, okay so a couple of hit records and yeah. presto you're in the center of action in san francisco and you're a software inventor that seems to me like a big leap and an even bigger learning curve than music yeah. What did, what happened? You woke up one, woke up one <laughs> yeah. night and said, oh, put the bass in the corner. Now I'm just going to go and invent something important. Well, I come from a long line of British inventors. Okay. I am the fifth generation inventor uh, on both sides of my parents' families. Um, my dad is like a chitty, chitty, bang, bang kind of ridiculous inventor. He invents stuff that people don't ever need. Um, but <laughs> back, in the, back in the lineage, there's someone who was, who was involved in TV invention, a lot of steam, a lot of industrial process. Right. You know. yeah. um, so I've always had a sort of a parallel life of being a sort of, I'm interested in techie invention things yep. due to my family. Uh, and I, then I'm this kind of intuitive feel musician. And um, in the 80s, uh, I got very interested in the internet. And in 1980, um, I want to say four, right. my brother, my brother Matt was a huge influence on me. And he was a very early internet developer before there was such a thing as the internet. 
and he helped me get online in the in I think 84 83 or 84 and um I was on a system called Demon Co UK, which was one of the very first British uh, uh, yep. net systems. And then when I moved to the States, it was dial up through uh, the well, actually. Yep. So that got me involved and fascinated in the idea of, wait a minute, there's this thing, which is the internet, and I can dial into it. And because the early days are very interested in digital audio recording. So I was an early digital audio recording engineer and of course they're just numbers they're bits and they're files the files were too big to put through your phone modem but phone modems were getting faster all the time yeah and that was like that's interesting one day we're going to be able to put files that we're recording up through a fast line onto the internet and that's what got me started in hmm so we're in a recording studio and we're pushing we're, you know, we're recording tapes, big fat multi-track tapes. I this is this is well. <clears throat> this is my partner John. You can see in the background. Hi John. <laughs> How are you? I follow the blog. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> and um, so back in the day, uh, recording studios were all multi-track tapes. Right. And they had to be shipped around. They were very valuable, heavy, difficult, easy to distort by getting you know getting them close to magnets. And now the well. as soon as Right. And then as soon as it got into digital audio, that's when like the two sides of my brain started going, wait a minute, I want to be able to record the audio in New York with a vocalist there. And then how do we get that digital audio through the phone line to and so on? And so the thing that I was the founder of then is called Rocket Network. And that was all about collaborating remotely with music and, and sound. And that led me to the center of San Francisco. Um, Paul Allen uh, put $18 million into the company. Cisco, um, uh, a lot of other uh, uh, Silicon Valley entrepreneurs were involved. And I found myself running a tech company uh, in 1995, 96. I was actually both in the band. We had a number one single in the States in 1990, early 95, I think, 94, 95. And I found myself both the CEO of a tech company and the guitarist writer in a in a pop band signed to MCA uh, Records. It right. was a weird time. Yeah, a weird time. It's a bit. It's a. It's a bit like the um, guitarist who's a rocket scientist or whatever <laughs> with Queen. Well, Brian, do you mean Brian? Brian May. Brian May yeah. 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 He's a, a nuclear physicist, isn't he? Yeah, he's a nuclear physicist and a. Mm-hmm a um, guitarist in what could be described as a pretty good band. Yeah, he's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're here in about three weeks at the Hollywood Bowl. Wow. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so you've had five startups altogether. Now, it's difficult yeah. to have one startup, and we know that yeah. 95% of people fail. So what makes you yeah. different? What What is it about you that has been the key to sort of consistent success? Doesn't matter what you do, it works. What what? It is sheer, bullheaded, absolute persistence and believe in and belief in my own ability. Right. Um. And never looking down. Yeah. You know, don't don't look down. Um. Or back. Yeah, well, sometimes it's a good idea to work. <laughs> but I, I, I've been asked this question a few times recently. Um, what, what is it? Well, 
the secret of entrepreneurship is to be able to pivot and understand that the idea that you had might not be the idea that's actually going to make you make the company successful, but you can't get to B uh, to C if you didn't go through B. You start with A, you get to B and you get to C. Yeah, I agree. I was just about to say that. How you, important you have to, you have to understand that timing is everything. So actually the simple answer to your question is timing because you could have had, this is the example I like to give. Um, YouTube was sold to Google, um, what, when was it, 10 years ago maybe? Yeah, probably about 10-ish years ago. For two or three years before um, that happened, anybody could have done that. Yep. The tools to do it were open source. You literally, and there were loads of video sharing sites. The yep. load of, there were loads of people that were doing it. Yep. But the guys behind it had the vision. They were like, now is the time, and this is how this is going to work. Their timing was immaculate. The, the tools were available. They were like, this is going to help the Google search engine. They pitched it. Their timing was phenomenal. Yep. And so often it's about timing. Zuckerberg, right man, right time right place timing 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 and pretty smart too yeah oh yeah 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 oh my god silicon valley has some very very smart people in it there are so then would you argue that um back with your digital um recording software or mm-hmm. the rocket you, network yeah rocket yeah. network yeah was that timing because it seems to me that it, at that point you were ahead of the curve the pioneers are the guys with the arrows in their backs. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I lost a couple of million bucks on that myself. Right. We were about 20 years too, 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 early. Uh, too early. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you have the, um, the kudos of being the guy that invented the thing that then became successful by someone else. And um, luckily for me, the Rocket Network technology, 10 years after we started it, was sold to Avid. And it is only just now, anybody who listens to this that uses Pro Tools, which is you know, yeah. the, the main recording technology that most people use, yeah. Pro Tools has only just now come out with cloud collaboration which is basically the tech that we sold them in 2003. Right. Wow. 15 years later, it is now a viable an idea, which is track-based collaboration within a digital audio workstation. Yeah. Uh, uh, you could have lost a shitload of money if you had hung in there <laughs> and then made it up, but it would <laughs> Well, we didn't. We sold and got out alive, although oh, I didn't make good. a lot of money, you know, but... Um, yeah, if I'd have been able to hang on in there for another 15 years, but I'm, I, I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now, we, <laughs> so now we move on to today. Right. Now, I read um, Einstein got into flow state by playing the violin and that yeah. the part of his brain that was disconnected from the real world was able to go and then work out some incredible stuff. So. Yeah. How did you come to the realisation that music can not only be used to stimulate and excite and an emotional driver, but can also be used to get people to concentrate and to focus? How did that, seems to me to be a strange connection. Yeah, actually, it was observation. Um, In 2008 and 2009, more and more people were working in an open office. More and more people were. And um, 
if you're working in a noisy environment, and by people working, I'm talking about uh, designing uh, web work, uh, yeah. design, you know, uh, any kind of financial or, or, or computer developing or, or you know, <clears throat> most computer work um, is where you are sitting in a big room with other people. When you want to get something done, you instinctively reach for your headphones and put some music on to block out the noise. Right? That's what we right. do. Okay. So... What happens, though, is what do you listen to? Because if you listen to music you like, what you're doing, by the way, that's anything uh, in the commercial music, anything on Spotify or CDs you've got, doesn't matter. Right. What you're doing is, sure, you've got rid of one problem, which is like you blocked out the noise, but you've introduced a new problem, which is now you're listening to the music. Yep. And... Um, to, I, I, I met people at Singularity University, another group of incredibly bright people from Absolutely. the Bay Area. Yep. And they invested, by the way, they're one of my major investors in Focus at Will. Um, and through them, I met a, a group of phenomenal neuroscientists, a couple of whom are actually on my team now. And um, I learned something very interesting, Bob. When you listen to music, humans listen to music, the sound goes in your ears, it bypasses your brain and goes straight to your limbic system. Right. Right? It makes you feel. That's why us humans like music. You'll go and see the Rolling Stones, even if you don't like the Rolling Stones, you will feel what you feel because the music goes straight in your ears and straight to the feel-good music. Yep. And that is true of anything. You could hear a piece of music that was a big hit when you were a teenager and you made out with someone the first time. Whatever it is, something happened. Right now you hear that, you'll be like, oh. So the limbic system, which is where you feel things, and music are completely linked however the limbic system is also where your fight or flight mechanism sits so i'm sitting here talking to you and i'm looking you're on my computer screen and i'm looking right in front of me i'm using my hands and my voice and i'm talking to you like this yeah. right i can't see behind me so my my safety is driven largely while I'm concentrating on talking to you. My safety is driven by my hearing. My hearing works in 360. Yeah. And humans, by the way, you can never turn your hearing off. Even when you're asleep, if you hear a loud bang, you're going to wake up. Yep. So your hearing is always looking for your safety. And your hearing is linked to your limbic system. Yep. So if you listen to music while you're working and the music is tickling your limbic system, if it has vocals in it, if it is music that is very emotional, if it's music you knew, if it's music you like and engages you, you cannot help but be distracted. <laughs> That's what you can do about it, right? Yep. So that led me in 2008 and 2009 um, to talk to the guys at Singularity University and John Vitale, who's a, another metal member, you yep. saw this now, yep. uh, he and I put together this business, which is, is there a type of music which supports the limbic system, kind of soothes it. Is, is it possible to, have, to, to, to find music that soothes the limbic and does not distract you? It does not trigger the fight or flight response. Is, is it possible? And the answer is after about $5 million worth of investment, a lot of late nights, a lot of crazy um, brain machines in the lab, and a lot of you know, going up dead ends and, and coming back out again. The answer is yes. Yes. Can I ask a question here? Um, we had a substantial marketing office in Santa Monica. We had 30-odd people. And right. we, had, we had music on a loop. And right. now we were just creating 
promotions and marketing strategies, the typical marketing office, and mm-hmm. we would have 10 minutes of Zeppelin and we'd have 10 minutes of Beethoven and we'd have 10 minutes of the Beach Boys and 10 minutes of ACDC. And, the, and we did this all day because we found that it encouraged productivity mm-hmm. and it, create, it got people thinking differently. It's impossible to think the same way if you're listening to Beethoven as if you're listening to ACDC. So, so we found that that combination of music actually, apart from being good fun, encouraged people to think differently and change their focus and whatever. So that's using the emotion of music differently. So does, does your yeah. approach with music that, doesn't stimulate the emotion does that um is that only for a certain type of people or is it i mean for creative people is it yeah, just as um, well? well i'm amazed that you were as successful as you were doing that i've got strong science so my, my company is focus at will anybody who yep. wants to take a look at it focus at will.com um we have found uh, we we have got about a million and a half users, and we got a lot of data on what people do. Yes, and Focus at Will has it's a a, an, a unique and exclusive library of material across many genres, and it's all instrumental. So there's classical music, there's EDM, trance electronica, there's um, very uh, there's up tempo electronica, sort of trance. There's a chill. There's there's nature sounds. There's all different things. And the answer to your question is that. Everybody is slightly different. Yep. And what will make, what will help you focus sort of genre and style-wise is different than the sort of music someone else will work. And if you have 30 people in a room, mm. when you play music over the loudspeaker system, what you're doing is you're hoping that it's the least worst average effect. Because some people work great with noisy, up-tempo, crazy, crashing sounds, and some people hate that. Yeah, and so um, we we have found there there are a couple of things about this. Um, when you're trying to work, just think about someone say designing a web page. Yep. You sit down. You've got an hour and a half, two hours of work to get done, and you sit, and it takes you most people ten or twelve minutes to get into a flow state. Yep. yep. Everybody's familiar with this. It takes you about ten to twelve minutes. By the way. If your wife or a coworker comes up to you 12 minutes into it and says, hey, I just have a quick question. It won't take a minute. You are. That's it. You're like, damn. Yep. I've now got to answer the question. And now I've got to wind back in to where I'm at. And we have research that shows the second time you're in it, it takes you twice as long. So now it's going yep. to take you 25 minutes, right? Yeah. So once you get into a flow state, how long can you sustain a flow state? And most people can go for about 20 minutes. So about 25 or 30 minutes is measurably how long you can be super efficient. Okay. That's in the normal world. Well, we found with the focus at World Music, by the onboarding process tells you which genre of music will work best for you. Most of our users are running sessions between 100 and 120 minutes. So they're running nearly two hours of concentration. So you're able to go from like a 30-minute sort of concentration window normally up to four times that and if you think about how effective you could be most people when you're trying to sort of work on a spreadsheet or you've got a project to finish if you can dive into this thing and put your full attention on it you'll do your best work right so 
the sort of the takeaway that that we found and the reason why we've got a million and a half users is this is a tool that allows you to sort of wind into what you're doing. You don't notice the music. It's the weirdest thing. The idea is to have the music fade out behind you and then just be do your very best work on the thing you're doing. The bell will ring at the beginning and the end. There's a timer on the application. And then you can get out and stretch, get a drink of water, come back, and then do another hour and a half. Mm. So it's about being the most efficient you can while you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's great. I find that when I'm working on a project, if I'm working on creating a business strategy or someone right. or something right. for someone, I have to f- f- focus until I get in the zone Yes. And then I can work really well. But yes. if I'm distracted by things popping up on the screen or whatever, yes. it screws yeah. me totally. Or if I somebody asks me a question, I've got to – you're right, I do have to start all over again. So yeah. how does somebody um, – I'm sitting out there and I'm thinking, gee, I'd love to be able to focus better. I'd love to get be able to get my staff to focus better. What's the process of getting um, music at will, focus at will, engaged? Um, actually, it, it, you just go to the website, focusatwill.com, and uh, there's a 14-day no-risk trial. Right. Um, I, I should warn people that two thirds of the people who enter into our free trial uh, become paying subscribers. <laughs> Just a heads up on that. <laughs> no, we, we stand by. It works. You know. So uh, yeah, there's a there's a mobile app too. You can find it on the Apple Store and on the Play Store. Um, as I just mentioned, though, it doesn't work for everybody. Right. And it doesn't work at all for one person out of three who tries it. I mean, it really doesn't work. These are the people like, this is the most stupid thing I ever tried. Why would I want to do that? (laughs) And it's to do with brain science. Right. So people's brain type are different. Everybody's different. And one person out of three needs silence when they're working. They actually need no no noise. And um, it's a, it's a, a, a fairly accurate statistic that we found. This works for two people out of three that it does work. And of the two people out of three it does work for, one of them is going to have almost like a religious experience, like, oh, my God, I can't work without this. And that's why I got a business, by the yeah. way. Does this does it take you to a point where you just ignore the music's even there? Yeah. So you just... You, you've just put your finger on it. So... The human brain has these, you could think of it as two parts. There's my consciousness, talking to you right now, looking at you now. And then there's my subconscious, which is keeping, I'm breathing, (laughs) I'm sitting here, right? And my subconscious is monitoring my environment for my safety. And so when you play music while you're trying to work, what you want to have happen is for that music to be interesting enough to engage your subconscious to soothe the fight or flight response, just to soothe. And when it does that, your consciousness doesn't notice the music. <laughs> okay. So I am in this, here's where I'm at, this crazy thing. You can see these records behind me. Yes. This is all about, hear a song on the radio, you can't forget it, don't bore us, get to the chorus. You're in the rock business, you know, you yep. got to hit the... Yep. And now, at this stage in my life, I am making music that we don't want people to listen to consciously. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I got to be pretty good at that a few times too. Um, <laughs> un, un, unintentionally. Yeah. This, is, this was intentional actually, Bob. So you can, so our listener can go on to um, the website and yep. uh, focus at will.com and just take just it from put there. It, and, put it in Google, yeah. Okay, yep. so how do you then determine what music's going to work for them? Um, the system has a sort of an onboarding process that, okay. that walks them through that. But it's really black and white. If this works for you, yep. you'll find the channel combination that works and you'll be like, oh, wow. When I look at the data of our users, 90% of our users find one channel and energy. There's something called the energy level, which is where you can you can titrate the exact amount of energy that works for you. Right. Um, when you find your combo, you never change it. Okay. So what's the biggest challenge you've ever faced in business? Um, I've had a couple, uh, a couple of serious ones. Um, one of them was, I'll, I'll tell you about this. Um, when I started Focus at Will, we were not doing music for work. We were doing something else. We started this doing something which was music for reading. Different okay. thing. Okay. I got interested in the the early Kindles, you know. Yep. Just people were reading in airports, listening to music on the Kindle. I thought that's interesting. Maybe maybe we could do music that. And then because I've done music for movies, I thought maybe maybe when you're reading, we could do sort of a soundtrack to the book, right? Right. Fifty Shades of Grey. You know, you can imagine what kind of music that will be. <laughs> um, but seriously, a thriller would be like a car chase sound or a. Is there a way that we could make music follow the words on a page? And I actually started uh, with John. We started this company, and we had a music for reading tech. It used, a, it used artificial intelligence. It analyzed the words on a page. And if it was scary, this is for novels, if it was scary music, it would play you scary mu- music. If it was, uh, um, you know, an exciting, it would play you exciting music. So that the music that you heard followed the, the content of the text. The content, yep. And uh, we got... Um, we got Random House involved. We got their exec team involved. Their investors through through uh, Bertelsmann, and then I got introduced to the Kindle team at uh, at Amazon. Mm. Awesome. We went into the head of Kindle. We showed him. We built a version of the tech working. You could download any book from Amazon, and then you could hit the music button. And as you play, as you read, it played your music dynamically, following what you were reading. Cool. Doesn't it sound like a great idea? Yeah, it does. Right. Here's what happened. We showed, oh, boy. So I spent a couple of million bucks making this thing. We played it to them. They, they liked it. They said, have you done any customer tests? I said, well, we've got about 100 users at the moment that we're just testing it on. They said, could you do a market research? Um, get, get the guys at Random House to help you. So do some market research and see what people think. We'll price it and so on. So the guys at Random House helped us do some market independent market research tests. And I thought it was going to be a slam dunk. People love it. They're going to license it. I'm going to be rich. <laughs> no. <laughs> Put it mildly, it was a disaster. 10% of the people who tried it uh, thought it was great. 10% thought it was eh. And 80% found it the most distracting, stupid thing they'd ever tried in their life. I was getting handwritten, big green capital letters. Dude, guys, I'm wasting two hours of my life. I was like, oh, my God. What the hell is this? 
And um, I was nearly running out of money. And um, I was just like, oh, my God, have I just wasted two years of my life building a thing that no one wants? And um, what had happened was if you stopped trying to read, yep. the system played you more neutral music because it didn't know where you were in the story. Right? It didn't know whether you were reading a scary bit or a happy bit. It just played you more neutral music mm. by design. People started writing me saying, hey, this stupid idea of this thing that you wrote is ridiculous. Anyway, I left it on in the background while I was working, and it's helping me work. <laughs> and that, that had a big That's light bulb moment go on. Wait a minute. Neutral music helps people work and that's kind of sparked an idea and the guys at singularity university were very helpful peter diamandis in particular yeah. um you know peter peter said to me um he said hey listen you know you don't get paid to read but you do get paid to work yeah and that was like wait a minute peter can you write me a check for 50k and i'll see <laughs> there's your pivot <laughs> there's your pivot and i pivoted but we were down to like a month's money in the bank and um a total disaster of wasting $2 million worth of our investors' money. Well, we pivoted. we're out of time, so I really appreciate you speaking oh. with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and for being my 100th medal guest on the show. That's great. Now, you, Thank you. You can learn more about Will at focusatwill.com. That's focusatwill.com. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and Voice America Business Network after this short break. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. 
That's Bob at BobPritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the 428th and the first Bob Pritchard straight talking, no bullshit business radio show for 2020. And we're, be- we're broadcasting from our studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California, where technology meets entertainment. Can you believe that there are so many morons in the world? There's so many people out there that don't agree with my very logical perspective. When somebody says that they don't agree with us, first reaction is to dismiss them as stupid. Now, certainly there are hateful, racist, bigoted people that are not worthy of your effort, but I'm actually referring to those who believe in an opposing viewpoint of a complicated issue, and they believe in it for genuine considered reasons, or at least for reasons just as good as yours. Isn't it possible that we're just not right about everything? That those who don't live in places where we live watch shows that we watch or don't watch and read books that we don't read, that they have opinions and belief systems just as valid as ours and we don't often see the complete picture. So next time you're in a discussion with someone you disagree with, don't try to win. Don't try to convince them that um, of your viewpoint. Don't score points by mocking them to your peers. Hear them out. Remember, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. It's easier and it's much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. Any bastard can be ordinary. Go down the street, go for a walk. There's millions of them. They're all ordinary. And if you're ordinary, you're boring and you'll never know how amazing that you can be if you just push the bloody envelope. In the meanwhile, have a great week. Continue to be successful because the alternative to success really sucks. This is Bob Pritchard. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.